What kind of doctor are you anyway? I'm a psychologist. <laughs> I can't believe people pay people for that. Actually, they do. A lot. All you have to do is look at a person to know what their deal is within five minutes of meeting them. You think it's that easy? Like you, for example. Take that necklace. It's a St. Christopher medal. It's supposed to watch over you, keep you safe. Personally, I look out for myself. And I've never met no saint. But you, you're not so different. You're a PhD or something, which makes me think you don't believe in that junk either. Why do you wear it? Must be another reason. Perhaps it has something to do with that brother I remind you of so much. It's none of your business. So it is your brother. See, that wasn't that hard. And hey, I'll charge you half of what you charge me. I know. Hey, everybody. I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Lost in Space. Today we'll be covering the second episode from Lost in Space titled Diamonds in the Sky. But first, a word from this week's sponsor, BZRK Audio. All right, so does your car stereo sound muddy or muffled? BZRK Audio tweeters are a great upgrade for your stock speakers. Extended upper mid-range response adds clarity and detail to voices, strings, horns, and more. Uh, Got some of these sent to us. They look super awesome. And if you're in, I mean, this is a smaller company, so these are really good quality uh, tweeter speakers. And at a very good price. Uh, so you can find them at bzrkaudio.com or you can search Amazon or eBay for BZRK Audio. Go Berserk! Berserk! I like it. I like that yeah. name. These things are awesome looking too. Yeah, they are. I've looked them up and they look great. So thanks, Berserk. Thanks, Berserk. Awesome. So with that being said, let's jump into our top five from this episode. First off, Sean, you want to give me your, just your general thoughts. What do you think of this episode? I liked it. It was, uh, it was very just, you know, getting a lot of character development, getting to kind of see a lot more. Um, one of the, it's not really one of my items, but one of the things I noticed really quickly is this, this feels like a 70, like 50, 60, 70 sci-fi show. More, I could probably more like 50, 60s. Mm-hmm. Like I have that feel of like, you know, a sci-fi TV show, but with like better graphics. Right. You know, I, it, it's not a stretch to say like, it, you know, this does, this feels like the old show a little bit to me. I, and I'm mm-hmm. not an expert on it. I didn't watch a lot of episodes. I just catch it, you know, like on TV land, you know, when you're waking up from your bender and you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> I've heard of this show. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but, but you really have that cool kind of like feel to it. I really felt that in this episode. I agree. It did have kind of like that old nostalgic feeling of an of a classic sci-fi kind of film or sorry, um show and I thought we were, you know, introduced to a couple things. I feel like it was definitely a type of episode that that kind of, you know, is going to lead the the story and the plot forward. So, I'm anxious to talk about it. So, with that, why don't you jump us off on your number 5? All right. So, my number 5, we you know, we talked about it a little bit I think last time. Uh, but it was very much on display in this episode, and it's you get to see two different sides of building trust. 
Mm-hmm. So you have Smith who gets uh, rescued or kind of joins teams with the the gentleman who she crash landed with, and she's you know spill, spinning this tale like you know trying to like get into his good graces to build kind of trust because you know we, we we watch shows like Walking Dead or you know any of these things where like you're you're in a dire situation and you run into somebody you don't know and mm-hmm. you're kind of like okay you know should I team up with them can I trust them and you know you see. You see both sides of it. You see the yin and the yang. So uh, the the Roberts um, are the Robinsons. Why did I say Roberts? The Robinsons have a robot that they're kind of working with. And so they're they're trying to build trust off of, of this with him. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the idea like, you know, the robot builds this trust by, you know, not only saving Will, but coming and saving Penny. Or not Penny. Um, he saved Judy. Judy. Yeah. Pull my MDB. I have to have that up because I'm like, oh shit, names. And it's a new show. So. <laughs> I know. I kept forgetting Judy's name. I can't remember Penny because she's kind of a ginger here in the show. But um, And she reminds me of a Penny with her hair. But uh, I kept forgetting Judy. Uh, so I'm with you. New show. But it's one of those things. It's like, okay, well, Will has. Shit, I'm even. Yeah, that's right. I'm getting all my shows mixed up. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Take Lost two. Lost in space, Sean. <laughs> And then the Debbie Gorgon showed up and <laughs> no. So Will, you know, saves the robot. So there, there's, you know, some trust that's being laid there. Like Will gave up his, op- gave, you know, helped him out. And so the robot kind of and him have this trust. And so he knows he's got to do something for the family probably to be like, hey, you know, I- I'm not a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he comes and, you know, the mom kind of identifies as like, hey, okay. So we've got this situation where this robot not only saved Will, uh, but it also saved Judy. So, you know, we had like the the groundwork for the trust has been laid. So, like, what's there to fear? Like, if he wanted to kill us, he would have done it then. He would have sunk the ship and then, you know, we'd all be dead. But the robot goes a step further. It doesn't even just save them. Like, it's like, oh, okay, well, I see your spaceships down here. And so he goes into the spaceship to help get that out. He's helping to get the Jupiter out of the, the little ice capsule it's in. Mm hmm. So I think it's, you know, and again, jumping back to the Smith, you, you know, it's further into my stuff with uh, with some of the stuff that was going on with her. But there's an entire opposite of building trust. Like you're building trust in a malicious way with Ms., with Smith, Dr. Smith. Right, and then you have with the, the other intent. Way. Exactly. And, you know, the whole time, like, I don't, I don't really know anything about the old show. I never saw the movie. Um, I think the only way I kind of knew that Dr. Smith was – kind of a, you know, a malicious character was one, she, you know, took the doctor's thing, which to, in the last episode, which to me is kind of like mm-hmm. a, you know, fight or flight type of scenario. It's like, okay, there's a giant ass robot killing people. You're dead. I'm going to take your jacket so I can live. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of, like a lot of times in shows and stuff, it's like, oh my gosh, like, why wouldn't you be, you know, like carry him on your shoulders. It's like, dit, dit. yeah, yeah. You got to kind of save yourself at times. <laughs> Uh, but, but through this, like she just, she seemed very like suspicious, you know, she finds a necklace. So, um, again, just kind of seeing like trust getting built in this episode, but in two very different ways for two very different reasons. That's, that's a really good point. I have some of that in, in my top five as well, uh, with both the robot robot and Dr. Smith. So I'll just talk a little bit about that and tag on to what you said. Um, I think that it was interesting, you know, we see the robot has come from, so, well, okay, so we did learn a little bit differently in this episode that that looks to be the same robot that we did see because I, I know we kind of wondered a little bit, was he the only one? Were there multiple robots or something that was on that ship? But it looks like it was it was him, that particular robot that was on uh, the Resolute uh, attacking the ship and attacking the people uh, from what we learned in the flashbacks. Um, and 
he has come from a place of at least before we saw those flashbacks, what we think is good because yes, he showed up with Will and helped the family Robinson, you know, survive the night, you know, in the heat, he saved Judy. He, again, as you said, in this episode, went a step further without even being asked and just starts melting the ice to get down to the Jupiter to help them free the ship. And so he seems to be trying to build the trust, uh, which seems, you know, you don't think of robot. He seems kind of sentient, you know, he, mm-hmm. he seems to like have almost like a conscious and that he's like aware because you know, how, how could a robot who's just programmed to do certain things know to do that? It's like he, he's able to, to think for himself some, like he's actually intelligent. Um, and then, yeah, we have, you know, this fake Dr. Smith, um, you know, that has, is building trust with this maintenance guy. And I'm thinking, was it really necessary for her to do that? When, when she at the end there betrayed him and, you know, was just trying to, you know, and then you see what she was doing, that she was just building trust, which I didn't trust her very much anyway, considering what she did on the ship. Um, I don't know what I would do in that situation, but I mean, that was quite underhanded. I think that when she stole the jacket from the real Dr. Smith and pretended to be someone she's not to get to, you know, just be like, well, (laughs) screw you. I'm out of here. Um, but, you know, I thought, was that necessary? Because I don't know. I think that if even if she wants a means to an end, I would want help surviving that world. You're on this unknown world. You don't know what the hell's out there, what kind of creatures are out there. It's cold as hell. I know I wouldn't like that at all. He seems to be helping her. He's like, hey, wear these shoes because the sand is like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's super sharp. It like diamonds. It might be diamonds. You know, he's helping her and he's, you know, finding shelter. He's kind of smart as far as looking for, you know, other survivors or, you know, places for them to go. And um, I think if it were me, if you're really that underhanded, you'd hang with them as long as you could, you know, to help help survive because I don't know she doesn't she seems quick on her feet but she doesn't look like the survival type yeah. you know <laughs> you know well, like oh I know how to build a fire I know how to build a shelter or, you know and it's the dream scenario me. it's you know it's a guy and a girl on an island on like an island or you know a planet <laughs> you know he's a good guy like he's saving the chicken you know he's helping her out they're yeah. both attractive people you know it's it's like it's like the Blue Lagoon movie but with <laughs> Diamonds. Not related? <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. Were they related in Blue Lagoon? Yeah, they were related. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, I found that I out whenever I was older. I thought it was uh, really, you know, quite a movie. I thought, oh, that's so, you know, even as a little kid, I was like completely fascinated with that movie. And then I grew up and realized they were related and it totally ruined the whole movie for uh, me. That I'm movie's like, even oh. more grody now. What are they? Are they cousins or? I... Th- I thought they were closer than that. I thought they were like brother and sister. Oh, that's grody. And I could be, I hope I'm not wrong. If I'm wrong, y'all please feel free to write in and let me know. But I'm almost 100%. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. Like I said, it turned me off as soon as I, I was like, I'm never watching that movie ever again. Couldn't watch the remake. I couldn't watch the old one. And I used to watch it all the time whenever it was on HBO when I was a kid. Totally ruined it for me. Yeah, never look at it the same. And then, you know, then you got like, well, I won't say because it could be a spoiler, but you got like another popular TV show today that kind of <laughs> you got the whole thing going on. It doesn't seem as bad. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, I totally get what you're saying about that. But I don't know. I, I do think that's interesting how, you know, she's coming from a place of bad trying to build the trust. The robot seems to be coming from a place of good. So with that, do you trust the robot? Do you? Because he, he seemed to get that jolt. He touched his ship and yeah. seemed to have these flashbacks. Do you think that's going to, because if he did forget... You know, because Will's like, he doesn't remember. He forgot everything before now. He doesn't remember. So 
do you think that's true? And do you think that now that he has, you know, he, 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 whatever connection that happened whenever he touched the ship and he gets all those flashbacks and he kind of looks at Will, he, he almost seemed, and he doesn't have a face, but he almost seemed regretful or Mm -hmm. something. Well, it's, I mean, it seemed like they were sharing something like on a, like a telepathical wavelength because mm-hmm. I think as he was doing some, as he was seeing these events, Will was seeing them. I agree. And he did. It looked like, you know, he had like, he looked like he was like regretful. He's like, I don't remember it. And Will kind of says like, so you don't remember it. This isn't you anymore. And the robot doesn't say anything, but it's like, like I said, it's kind of like a telepathic communication. Mm-hmm. But it's like the, like I said, we talked about benders earlier. It's like that bender where you're like, oh my gosh, what did I do last night? And you see pictures of like, oh God, I destroyed a spaceship <laughs> of people. Last time I do what those I do? computer viruses. No more four loco. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it's definitely setting a seed for, you know, is, is the robot a good guy? Is there another robot? Like, is, you know, this like a backup robot? Um, it, I'm really, really curious about it. Like it, it's definitely setting the scene for like, and and the fact that Will's not sharing that, mm-hmm. you know. It's, oh it's, yeah. You know, he's like, well, if you because if you share it with your dad, like your dad's gonna figure out a way to get rid of this robot for the safety of everybody. Yep, because he's already distrustful uh, oh, of yeah. the robot, so he's just looking for an excuse. Cool. Good number five. So, okay, so that goes into my number five. Um, Just in general, uh, I wanted to just kind of mention the cold opens that they have had. Now, we're only in episode two, so I don't know what will happen in the future episodes and if this will continue on, if this is a thing that they're going to do. But I really like how, you know, at least for the first and second episode here, the cold opens have like really been full of action and suspenseful. Like as soon as it comes on and you're like, boom, you were put right in the middle of the situation. And I like that. I think that it really kind of grabs you. It's like, you don't have an, an, op- an opportunity to just like ease into it. It's like, Oh, here you are in this tension filled moment. And, and, and you're kind of put in this intense scene. And in this one, we had this, this, uh, one of the Jupiter ships that the fake Dr. Smith was on and these two maintenance people. And I really hate that. I don't remember their names and I didn't write them down because clearly this guy looks like he's going to be around. I don't remember his name. Remember them really saying their names. I don't know that they did. They just kind of identified themselves when they're on the Resolute as like um, either engineers or like maintenance folks. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember if they had a name and I certainly didn't look on their uniform. So I feel bad about that. I'll have to go look them up. But anyway, you get them on their ship and it's cut in, it's, it's like cut in half, uh, leaning over a cliff and, you know, they've got to figure out how to get out. So, you know, it was quite intense uh, up until that moment when, when they finally did make it out. But I really like how we got that because in the first one we got, you know, the Robinsons are all sitting around playing Go Fish. And you can tell that you don't quite know what's happening yet, but you know something not good is happening at the moment. So I like it. I like how you're immediately put in, into the action and that's how they've, they've been opening the story. So that's just my general thoughts on that so far. I really like that because it's like, boom, you're, you're in it and uh, you don't have time to, you know, kind of ease yourself into the story. In the action. Yeah, I really enjoy the maintenance guy from this too because he plays that like hard shell dude. Like he's like, <laughs> like oh, you know, how far down is it chicken? Ends up yep. saving the chicken, you know? And as they're walking, you know, the, the girl's about to, he thought she was dead, but she wasn't. So he's like, well, we got to leave her because we got to get going. And then, you know, he like instantly feels regret for it. So he, he takes care of her. And Dr. Smith says something about like, oh, you know, you're the kind of guy to save a girl and save a chicken. And he's like, we'll see how good I am along the lines of paraphrasing, but see how good I am, you know, with that chicken when I'm hungry. 
<laughs> yep. Let's wait till dinner time. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was a great line. But I yeah. do love that, like, in the spaceship, you have a chicken. Like, I hope this chicken, like, is a pivotal part of this TV series. I know. I that that was in my notes. Is what's up with this chicken? Where? Because yeah, we see the chicken in the cold open. They're you know hanging you know by a thread here over this cliff, which just immediately kicked in my fear of heights. I was like, okay, that's uh, yeah. too much. Uh, but here's this chicken. It's like, what is up with this chicken? I don't know that it was explained uh, and why there's a chicken on 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 this ship. I don't know if it has something to do with the recolonization mission that yeah, that they're on that's maybe. a good point because the the robinsons don't have anything on their ship like i don't remember of, like, seeing livestock i didn't see any type of live mm. animals they didn't seem to be concerned when the jupiter was underwater that you know and there was water in the ship because not only was it underwater but water was was getting in the ship they didn't seem to be concerned about oh no we got to go save our goat you know <laughs> anything like that yeah. or um maybe so there's a I, goat suit so the goat's in a space suit just hanging out down there Maybe got got the whole life life preserver thing, and it's just hanging out. You never know. But yeah, I was wondering about that. It was in my notes. Like, what's up with that chicken? I don't remember anything about chickens, but it was cute. His interaction with the chicken when he um, told the chicken, um, like, give give it a give it a kiss with your beak or whatever uh, for <laughs> luck or something. That's funny. <laughs> so anyway, what's your number four? So my number four is something that I think you know at least released to us as a, the public, we've never known any kind of contact with extraterrestrial uh, life forms, any right. intelligent life. We, you know, I'm More under now. the assumption that there's lizard people on earth and we know about it. Somebody knows about it and they communicate yes. together. Um, but you know, to be like the Robinsons and to feel like you are the very first people to ever make contact with intelligent life. And like, first off, like you're traveling through space, which you know, I don't know if my mind can process that now, like where we live. Like, I feel like it's probably the equivalent of, you know, when people started crossing the ocean, you know, it would mm-hmm. just blow your mind to be like, you're on a ship for months. And that's kind of the point we're at right now with space travel. It's like, I just can't fathom somebody being in a spaceship going through space for months at a time. Mm-hmm. And not only like, let's say they get past that fact, but they're still just completely overwhelmed when they figure out that there is a sentient life outside of earth like there's an intelligent life form outside of earth uh marine mentions as they're looking over the robot that he is he was created but he's kind of sentient like he's he's its own thing it's not a program thing and it's not a living thing so one like you're like okay well is this a transformer type scenario is this a situation where it's a planet of optimus primes or is oh. there you know or is there something else that created this thing you know is there an even you know more intelligent life form out there that created this to be basically like uh um the made from uh the jetsons exactly yeah that i i can't imagine that they i don't know that we have been told exactly like what what year or how far in time this series is supposed to be taking place but it does look fairly futuristic uh, with the technology and such. And um, so it's kind of hard to believe that there still hasn't been some sort of life dis- either discovered mm. or come to take our planet and we have to somehow fight back like, <laughs> like yeah. an independence day. <laughs> but um, you know, it's it, that, and then in the space travel that they haven't yet encountered, you know, how far that they've come from earth that somewhere in there, they haven't somewhere encountered either some other um, inhabited planet or just in their travels, another spaceship with other life forms on it as well. Um, 
So I find that interesting. And the, and also the excitement that they felt. It's like in the first episode when Will, he was so adorable in his excitement where he's yeah. doing his like little his like little GoPro camera and he's <laughs> I'm <laughs> totally gonna get a million hits. Yeah. He's all excited and 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 documenting his um, you know, new species and he's even kind of teased or teasing his sister about it in this episode. You know, because she's like, you know, do we get the credit for this? And he's like, um, you're gonna be famous because you're my sister and I because I'm the one that discovered him so he's super cute um but yeah i mean i it, it's it's quite fascinating in this episode how that all plays out about that well the other and, thing, and like learning only, more about this robot he's mysterious not only like discovering that too like when they go and look at the tech that's there i mean you know like i think of the time like i saw like the first playstation or something like that because i hadn't played video games for you know like two or three consoles yeah so you see this technology like, oh my gosh, this blows my mind. But then you look at something like far superior that this robot has. Like his ship, like you walk in, it kicks on. And it's like you have Google Maps right there, like of the galaxy. You know, I want to drop my little person here in this, you know, planet way off in the distance. And it does it. You see it like crystal clear. Yeah. And, you know, again, I don't know if as a society we have any kind of frame of reference for that. Um, I know there are tribes – uh, on some islands that have like zero modern uh, connect communication or connection to like the modern world. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they freak out like when helicopters or stuff fly over to take pictures. Like I've seen it on TV where like they shoot arrows at planes and helicopters, you know, so it's wow. just kind of that idea of like, like this thing that's far superior technology wise than you are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as humans, like we're pretty much like, well, we're on top of the food chain here. You know, we're top technology brain power wise here but to discover something like that, to me, it gives me the feelings of like if I was in the water with a shark, it's like I'm, ah. like, I am like out of my <laughs> element. Like this is like I thought I was okay, and now I've got this thing happening around me. Yeah, an apex predator. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because Marine is like very like intrigued by this. She's curious. She's interested. John, I think, is like suspicious. He's like, okay, you know, and he's an army guy. He's in the military, so he's probably you know aware of hostile type of. Um, you know, combatants. So, so he's kind of like on that mind length, but she's kind of in more of a, oh my gosh, we're going to push the boundaries of humanity. And John's more on the defense, like, oh my gosh, we got to save ourselves. Um, so it's just kind of interesting to see like, you know, even they have a different mindset when they, they see this new technology. Yeah, you're right. Because they are coming from kind of two different backgrounds and thought processes where she seems more of the scientist and she's just really fascinated with the technology of it and interested in discovering more about this robot. And is he alone? Where does he come from? You know, she says that he wasn't really built, but you know, what, how, how, where did he come from? And just basically the history of this, of this, I guess you could call him a species or technology. And yeah, John is definitely more of the suspicious because he, you can definitely tell with with how advanced this robot is the potential for danger. You know, he's he he has this energy source somehow of being able to like generate this heat to keep them warm and do all of these things. So clearly, he's a he's very powerful, and he's like you know we don't know anything about him, and and so I see I see both sides of it because I would be completely fascinated, but yet. I could see where John is very, you know, just leery of this unknown. It's the unknown. So he's like, well, I need, and he, and he wants to protect his family um, because he doesn't know what, what it is. But um, so yeah, really good point. A good point. 
Okay, my number four, we've talked a little bit about him, but my number four was just the robot in general, how, you know, um, we've got, you know, Marine in the beginning there examining the robot and trying to figure out exactly what he is talking a little bit about how he can radiate this energy to melt the ice and evaporate the water in the Jupiter. You know, you could see how he's guiding his hand over like the tables and different um, surfaces and such in the ship and how it's just like evaporating and, and just going up into steam. And I thought, what kind of like energy source does he have? What sort of, you know, it's like, what is he made of that he can generate that type of heat? That is not, you know, a a small thing. It was very, very cold where the ice was forming, you know, just, you know, within, it seems a little bit unbelievable. You have to, I think, kind of suspend your disbelief just a little bit to see, you know, like in the first episode, how quickly the water was freezing, but because it was so cold for that to happen, you know, and for him to be able to generate the kind of heat to keep them warm overnight and then just to melt that ice and to be able to get back down to Jupiter. It's like, what is that dude made of? What of his what is his power core <laughs> that he can do that? Because that to me says powerful. And that's I think where partly where John gets suspicious of of what this thing is. But I like that we're getting a little bit more of the robot and, you know, just kind of trying to figure it out and his technology and where he comes from. So that's, he's got like that's, an Iron Man reactor. Oh that's what, yeah. That's what like, powers him. like, yeah, he is kind of like Iron Man a little bit with the, how Iron Man's got the thing coming out of his hands where he's like shooting his beams of whatever you call them. And that's kind of what he was doing. They weren't quite beams, but you could see this kind of the energy and heat radiating. <laughs> like Iron Man. I don't know. I like the robot. I know he did a bad thing, but he seems to be different now. So I don't know. I want to like him. I want to. So it was short and sweet, but that's that's my number four was the robot. That ties in a little bit to my number three. So my number three is uh, Robot and Will. So we talked a little bit about it where it feels like they're sharing information telepathically. You know, when they both touch that uh, metal piece of the ship mm-hmm. to get the baseball, uh, it kind of triggered like some shared experience. Um you know, Will really trusts the robot, and it seems the robot trusts Will. So I'm really curious, like, with the robot, like, was this whole event, maybe it was tragic, like, maybe it was like a, a wild or a, a scared animal trapped somewhere, and it, you know, did all this stuff to these people thinking that they were trying to attack him, that it wasn't good. Um, we find out through that whole thing that with the robot Will, when the Resolute uh, kind of collapsed. It got like sucked into a different galaxy. Like they thought they were in the Milky Way and they're not. Like they thought they were kind of in our galaxy that we live in today, but they were sucked mm-hmm. somewhere else. They were. Uh, so, you know, like did the robot get sucked through there and accidentally crash into the Resolute and then freaked out and then they got pulled into his galaxy? Or, or you know, was it a complete reboot when it happened? Is it a different robot? Uh, it's just, it's a lot of interesting, you know, takes on what's going on here. Yeah, a lot of mystery that we need to figure out where, well, I mean, clearly it's, it's called Lost in Space, so maybe we won't exactly yeah. find out where, where they are. But I know we talked a little bit in the last episode, it kind of looked like when the Resolute was kind of falling and crumbling into pieces, it looked like it was getting sucked into like a black hole. Yeah. So maybe they all got sucked into this black hole and, and it took them, you know, if you think of like Star Trek, you know, they get sucked into a black hole and all of a sudden get put into this whole other galaxy. Uh, or on the other side of the universe or something. So I wonder if that kind of explains why they don't even recognize the the galaxy that they're in. They're not in the Milky Way. It makes sense. And like maybe some people got sucked into this one. Maybe some people got sent like, you know, all the way in the other place. Um, It's true. But and I feel like the robot's going to be an interesting kind of 
with Netflix shows, what we see is they, they have like one type of thing or one type of character where they just give you a little bit to keep you kind of invested throughout the whole season. And then they give you kind of a, you know, a big piece towards the end. I mm-hmm. feel like that's going to be this robot and Mr. And Dr. Smith to an extent too. You know, you're going to see both these characters where you're just seeing just a little bit. And the thing that I thought was really interesting is when Dr. Smith saw the robot, there was kind of this like moment of like, they both recognized each other. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So it's kind of like, you know, you go to that party, you know, you met that girl that one time, you go to a party with your girlfriend and you show up and you're like, oh, and like, oh, this is my friend, Samantha. Samantha's like, oh, um, <laughs> hi, Mr. Sean, person I've never met in my life. Yes, I've never met you in my life either. Nice to meet you. Handshake. <laughs> right. That's never happened to me. No, me either. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. <laughs> but you kind of had that like moment of like, oh, well, I know you. And Will kind of says like, oh, he's – and I don't know if Will kind of got like the gist of this or again like telepathically he saw like light bulbs with both these two. Uh, but he's kind of like, oh, don't worry. He's he's a good guy or he or he's not a bad guy. Um, but again, just super intriguing with – you know, you almost have three people invested now with this robot with Dr. Smith, Will, and the robot. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's I think we're going to see something develop there. I think between and and I have not seen the original series. I did watch the movie and if the movie kind of followed along with the original TV series, then I think that there is a relationship and I don't I hope this isn't too spoilery or anything because I don't know that Netflix will follow this, but I I feel like that it's going to like we're going to see the beginning of this strange weird bond between dr smith will and the robot because now they have the secret uh that you know dr smith's gonna play along with it because you know she's like well all right let's see where this this leads and and you know because she clearly knows how to manipulate a situation and how to um you know get things to go her way you know, Will is protective of the robot. I think he knows his dad is probably pretty suspicious of the robot and would look for an excuse to, you know, get them detached from the robot and away from, from the robot if he found out it was dangerous. And he wants he wants to keep him and, and have him as, you know, pretty much a part of the family, I guess. You know, he's got this bond now with the, with the robot. So I think that there, we're seeing the beginning there, there at the end that happened with that look. Like you said, she totally recognized that robot as the one that was attacking them. Will saw what the robot saw from his point of view somehow. Like you said, I don't know if it's through that bond that they share telepathically how it was, but it did. You could see that Will was seeing what the robot saw uh, during that attack on the Resolute. I think that's going to be the beginning of some weird uh, bond uh, between Will and Dr. Smith, possibly. Very good, number three. So my number three is just the dynamic between John and uh, Maureen. And we saw a little bit of it, I think, in episode one because we learned that they were estranged. They weren't quite seeking divorce, but he was off like doing some sort of tour um, uh, in, in the army or whatever uh, armed forces that he was in and she was back with the family. And I think we got to see some more of the dynamic 
between those two, the conflict that they had. Uh, she was definitely um, kind of enjoying one-upping him because she's like, well, I'm the one in charge here. You have to listen to me. <laughs> and she's definitely, you know, taking advantage of, of that and playing more of that into this episode. I liked whenever you had one parent telling Penny to go back to the surface. Dad's like, you know, get up to the surface. I need you to do this. And mom's like, nope, I need you to ch- change those filters. And every time she goes to do one thing, the other parent's like, nope, go do this. And and then you even have, you know, she's like, well, mom said I have to do this. And he goes, it can wait. And, <laughs> and so clearly they're, you know, having this power play between them and trying to have, you know, their own say in, in controlling that situation. I thought that was funny because I think that happens a lot today, you know, um, with, with the bickering of parents and stuff and the kids get caught in the middle and uh, instead of the parents being like, you know, a, a united front, they're kind of, uh, you know, separated here and, and kind of going against each other a little bit. And then um, I like when she told him it's important for them to hear a unified voice, my voice. <laughs> it's like she clearly enjoys having that over him. Like, uh-huh. this is my thing. You have to listen to me. So I like that we got a little bit more of that dynamic between those two and kind of you could kind of see some of the stresses that maybe that's what caused them to, to have that separation, you know, because we don't know what happened. You just, you see them as a happy family. And then all of a sudden, a few years later, after that event happened, they're estranged and, you know, they're not really divorcing, but they're just kind of like, eh, we're just kind of living apart and doing our thing. Um, but why are they so comfortable with it? There must've been some, some kind of stress, some sort of conflict in their relationship that caused that. So I think we're kind of seeing the surface of that. So I like that we're getting a little bit more insight into that. And I like the chemistry that they have, you know, they, because it seems like I'm really buying that this is a, a real family. I know it's a TV show, but it, it I, I can buy it. I don't look at any of them and then go, I don't buy any of them as husband and wife or brother and sister, or father and son or mother and daughter. I totally buy that this is like a real family. So I, I like that dynamic that, that these two actors have together as a, as a couple. So. Yeah, you definitely get the feel of like the passive aggressiveness, you know, <laughs> the the half joking question of, you know, like uh, the part where he says, you know, she says something about like, aren't you excited to go see the spaceship? He's like, well, not with an 11 year old and uh, my grumpy wife. And she's like, well, that's not true. And he's like, well, which part, you know, wife or <laughs> grumpy? Um, because I think he's, you know, like you said, like I I'm guessing he thinks like we're going to get to wherever we're going to be in this trip. And you're going to end up being like, listen, we're not together anymore. I'm going right. to marry this robot that, or this uh, <laughs> alien we found. Oh, that's hilarious. Kids, meet your new dad. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. You you definitely can see that between them, that passive aggressiveness. And, and I, I totally buy it. Um, I think they kind of came together there a little bit at the end. She was able to admit, she's like, you were right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So it was kind of good to see that, but I, I like that we're kind of getting some insight into, into their relationship as well. And what kind of, you know, what happened between them and how yeah. that affects, you know, the family and how it affects, you know, they're, they, this is when they really kind of need to be together. You know, they, this is not, I mean, whatever personal issues that they have with their relationship, they, they have to somehow come together because now it's about survival. It's not just about, oh, we're just going to go live on this planet and, and establish this planet. And then we'll figure it out once we get here and establish whether or not we're going to continue to be together. You know, it's about survival. We, we, we're on this new planet. We're the only ones out here. We have the strange robot with some strange technology that we don't know anything about. Now they have the stranger that they don't know yet is a threat. They think it's one of them. And you know, this is the time where they need to be 
a, a united family because they're going to be stronger together than they are apart. So it's good to see them kind of come together a little bit. So that's all I have to say about that. What's your number two? My number two is just simply Penny. So Penny. we had talked about her in the first episode that it seems like she has a lot to prove. And she does a great job in this episode, you know, because Judy's the the daughter that kind of, you know, I think she's the more successful. She's the one that wins the ribbon. She's the one that, you know, gets mm-hmm. A's on all the tests. You know, she's the kind of, you know, best daughter. And after her event in the water, she it seems like she's kind of suffering from like PTSD. Like you know, she can't quite get her grips back around. Like you know, because that was a super tragic event. I mean, being stuck in the water, very very close to death. I mean, you were out of air and just got ripped out of the ice by luck. Yeah, she was gasping there at the end uh, in the first episode. She was near death, so that's scary. And and the reason she was in that situation is because she kind of. like jumped in like right away. She didn't think she just jumped right in. She's like, I'll be fine. I'll be safe. I'll jump right in the water and I'll do all this heroicness. And you see her, she's, you know, Judy's taking it really safe with the, uh, spaceship, you know, the Jupiter, she's doing exactly like her mom said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Penny sees the storm coming. She's like, okay, well we got to do something because they don't have a clue. This storm's coming. And she is like, we're taking the Rover. And I love that she <laughs> rips it off and Judy's like, no, like we can't do this. Like we can't do this. Um, Penny's, you know, smacking the gear to get the spaceship to go up quicker worked, um, you know, in an alternate world that it may not have worked and they got crushed to death. But in this one, it worked. That's your TV sci-fi situation. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, she rips off the thing. What she sees? Some assembly required. Like <laughs> It's like every, opening up your toy on Christmas. Yes. I was just going to say that. Like every Christmas, like, yes, I got exactly what I wanted. You open it up. It's like six hours later. Dad's putting it together. He's pissed. You know, he finally gets it together. It's like, oh, it needs batteries. Mom forgot batteries. Mom forgot the batteries. Yeah. <laughs> You got to go to grandma and grandpa's because, you know, you got Christmas over there. You're like, well, I want to bring my toy. Like, no, you're going to break it. But you bring it anyway. And it gets broke, (laughs) obviously, because that's what happens because parents are right. Yep. (laughs) Uh, But she jumps in. And the line that I think is very telling about, like, Penny's mindset in this family and her character. So she gets there as these these diamonds are raining down. Like, legit diamonds are landing, cutting the parents, you know. And uh, we see the robot put up a little, uh, you know, lighthouse type of scenario to kind of help her guide her to them. And when she gets there and opens the door, her dad, um, I didn't really see the surprise look on his face, but he probably had a little bit of one. And Penny just basically says, Oh, like not the daughter you expected. Right. Yep. Which is very telling kind of a, a side slap type of thing, a side glance of like, you know, you would think that Judy would be the one to come out here and save you guys, but it was me. It was Penny. Uh, so I thought, you know, I'm really so curious about her character. Like, I think Judy's kind of set up to, you know, try to come back from the tragic event, you know, being more cautious. And she's probably going to ride that line of, you know, she's going to be too cautious at times. Like in this situation, if she's like, no, we can't do this. You know, all three of them could be dead because I don't think they could have survived uh, that diamond rain for very long. It looks like it was doing some pretty tough damage. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I like how everybody's kind of fallen into these, like they have their own like hero's journey that they have to go on. Um, and this was kind of Penny's where, you know, she's kind of taken that step forward and kind of taken that leadership and kind of taken that, you know, heroic leap uh, for the family. Yeah. I, I really liked that. At first I was really questioning her decision when she just did 
whatever she did with the controls to make it make the the ship like bust through the ice so she could get to the garage or have that garage door open so she could get to um to that rover and I now I can't remember it had a name and I can't remember now what it was um but I I first questioned that but I think that Judy is that sibling, that annoying, perfect sibling that if you have siblings, I think almost all families have one, you know, that they all can't live up to. They're the perfect one. They get the best grades. They always excel in everything that they do, like whether it's sports or academics or music or whatever it is that they choose to do, they always excel at and the other siblings can't quite live up to it. So they always feel like they're kind of living in their shadow just a little bit. And I think that that's probably how you know, Penny feels that, and, and Penny seems pretty capable. She didn't, I didn't get any sense, at least in the first episode of her being some little, you know, ding dong of not being able to be capable. She was able to pass whatever tests and, Mm -hmm. and, and have the skills to, to, you know, get on that ship. So I don't think she's any type of ding dong by any means. I think she just doesn't have that. Maybe she doesn't have that faith in herself that she always feels like she has to, like she's always going to be living in Penny's shadow and she's never going to be as good as Penny. And you can see clearly Penny is probably that person, uh, you know, that does think before she acts. She thinks things very thoroughly before she takes an action on it because she was telling, you know, Penny when they were in the control room alone, she's like, you know, just stop and think about this for a second, you know, and Penny doesn't want to think about it. She just wants to act. She just Mm -hmm. wants to do this because she knows that her parents are in danger and this is the only way to save them and there, there's no time for thought there's time for action so we see the difference between the two sisters and like you mentioned you know judy when she didn't think so much about a situation when when you know the dad when john was telling will that he was going to be the need uh going to be the one to go down uh to the jupiter to uh, get what they needed uh you know, before the ice melt or before the, the water started to freeze and you could see the fear and, and Judy took it for the team and she's like, Nope, dad, I got it. And she just goes, she doesn't think about it. She just does it to protect Will. And then she ends up getting trapped and nearly dies. And I think that, yeah, she is suffering some PTSD from that moment. And she sees the consequences of, you know, this is what happens when I go out of character, uh, you know, and not think about situations. And that's why she was, I think, so opposed to, to Penny just jumping into this, you know, plan of action without thinking about it. And I really like seeing Penny kind of shine, but you could kind of see she was a little bit out of her comfort zone. She's like, you know, okay, get, you know, you drive and, and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, get it, just get us out of here. You drive, I'm done being the hero. Um, so I liked seeing her shine as well. I think she's a, a cool character and I like her. Good, good. Number two. Okay, my number two is Will and the robot's relationship. Um, I think that we got to see more of... You could definitely see a little bit of the bond uh, last episode, and we definitely saw more of that established. They were having like their own little cute little private conversations. I don't know how much of a conversation. It seems a little one-sided, but Will seems to just... You know, even if the robot's not speaking, he seems to just understand the robot, you know, uh, somehow... um, you know, and they have like their little private conversations. I liked it when he was teaching him to play catch. Yeah, that was and, really cute. Yeah, I loved that. And it, it reminded me of, of Terminator 2 with um, John teaching the Terminator, you know, like how to high five and and how to say, um, you know, um, oh, what was he telling him in Spanish? What was that phrase? Hasta la vista, baby, oh, yeah, you yeah. know. 
<laughs> you know, it was, I was like, oh, it's like T2 all over again. <laughs> you know, sweet, sweet bonding moments that this robot's always going to protect Will and he'll die for him, you know, like um, the Terminator would for John. Um, I thought it was cute. The robot just seems to follow Will everywhere. Will's like, come on. And the robot's like, okay. And he just kind of follows him along like a puppy dog. Um, and then we already kind of talked a little bit about through whatever bond or, or, or whatever it was that, that Will was able to see those flashbacks as well of the robot. We don't quite understand how he saw what the robot was seeing whenever he was seeing the flashbacks of that attack on the Resolute, but somehow he was able to see it as well, uh, and experience it the same as that robot. And then of course that strength of that bond that Will decides to keep this whole thing a secret and, you know, we know that this is probably not going to turn out well because all secrets always come to the surface. But I really liked seeing the development of that robot and how far Will is going to protect him because he not only, and the robot, how far it's went to protect Will and his family. Like you said, the robot jumped up on that rock when they're in this, you know, hailstorm of diamonds falling from the sky, which I really like that title, by the way, and how that plays into, into uh, this episode. Uh, you know, he does it without even asked. He just jumps up on that, on that rock and starts shining this light so Penny can see them. And, you know, then it's, it isn't until the mom's like, oh yeah, look for the light, you know, cause the robot's already taken action on that. It's, 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 you can tell this thing is thinking and able to improvise and do things. So he is, um, some sort of artificial intelligence, but I just really love seeing that bond, uh, between Will and the robot. And I look forward to seeing more of that. Yeah, it's kind of a, I mean, like you said, like it's the T2 kind of thing. It's a, you know, any kind of animal pet that saves like the the kid, you know, it's, it's, it really has that feel to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh yeah, maybe the bond between that uh, maintenance guy and the chicken. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Another bond. The, well, the chicken could save his life for, you know, a dinner or two, but. Right. <laughs> oh, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love animals. Anyway, so what is your number one? All right. So my number one, I've simply just called Smith's plan. So when we see her, you know, instantly, I, like we've already kind of mentioned this up in this episode already. I was kind of weary of her when, you know, when they land, she starts talking about like, oh, well, you remind me of your brother. Mm. And they run into a, a person who's hurt and the maintenance guy runs over and she's quick to be like, oh, well, I'm not that kind of doctor. You know, which, you know, shows that she's super, like, smart, um, diabolical, maybe, mm-hmm. quick, uh, because that's something that, like, it, whenever most people think of doctor, they think of an MD. Like, right. I think it's kind of a quick-witted thing to be like, oh, well, I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not an MD, I'm just a doctor, I'm a psychologist. Um, and you get, you know, the great thing from the maintenance guy who's kind of like, oh, well, you know, I can, I can read – anybody in five minutes mm-hmm. and he basically tells her the story she's going to sell, you know, it, you know, plays on his, uh, emotions and his probably, you know, cockiness a little bit. Uh, so it was really great to see that the whole necklace thing too, you know, oh, she yeah. finds that necklace and she's like, Oh, well I'm going to, that's mine. And I think the wheels were turning right then. It's like, I can use that in some way against him. Now, I don't know if she planned on leaving it somewhere or, or anything, but I, it was like, that's an item I can use to get my way somehow. Uh, let's see. The other big thing uh, that I had from this was, um, let's see. Oh, basically the, the, the end scenario where as she's walking up, she's like, oh, my gosh, my necklace. And he mm-hmm. goes back and gets it. And at first I didn't really think too much of it because, again, I'm kind of like, okay, she bad, she not bad. Like I feel like this is a trick. 
And I thought they did a really great job of playing it where you know you see the mechanic, he sees the the truck up ahead, and he's like, oh, truck. And it cuts away from him altogether. You just see the flare. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know you just kind of let the, the, the dominoes fall, and it's, you see that she had this plan of go get my necklace, takes the flare, sells him a story of like, oh, well, you'll know when to shoot it. You know, you know, well, hopefully we can meet up, yada, yada, yada. And she left them for dead, which I think is going to come back to bite her because I don't, they have decent shelter. So I don't think they're going to end up being dead. And I'm curious like how that's going to play out because she let him keep the necklace. Uh So is that like another plan? That's her plan B for the necklace. Yeah, that I think that's going to definitely come back and bite her in the ass. I don't think we've seen the last. No, it may not be the next episode, but I definitely think we're going to probably see more of that fella pop up, and uh, hopefully the chicken too will also pop up. If <laughs> if he doesn't, we'll know that was a bad sign. He got hungry. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that that was not a great play. He. Clearly, once he discovered that she had taken that flare, that she had been using him and manipulating him all along. So he's definitely onto her game. He, he doesn't know who she is exactly, even if he doesn't know that she's not Doctor Smith. But clearly, she's not a person to be trusted yes. um, based on, on based on what she did. So I think that's definitely going to come back and sneak up on her. And that goes right into my number one because my number one is is a uh, Doctor Smith, and I keep saying her name in quotes because she's not the real Doctor Smith. We don't know who she really is, but that's the name that we have for her. So that's what we're going to call her, of course. Um, but yeah, we saw throughout how she was, you know, trusting or, or trying to gain the trust of this guy and tricks him to steal that flair. And I mean, I just, I think clearly we've seen that she wasn't a very good person. I really thought even from what she did from the first episode that she was going to, you know, yeah, she was probably going to try to manipulate the situation and play off of who she's saying that she is, even though we know she's a liar, that she would at least continue to use, use him for a little while longer. I was kind of surprised how she ditched him so early you know, uh, because like I said, if it was me, I'd be hanging on to the, you know, I mean, if I was that type of person, I don't feel like I am that type of person. Some might disagree, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I would try to keep that person around for as long as I can. It's like, well, if you know a lot more about survival than I do, you seem like a pretty smart guy to have around as far as, you know, uh, tools to use that you have. Cause he's like, you know, he, there, uh, that, that woman that was with them that died in the, in the crash, you know, he's taken off her boots and he's trying to grab materials that they can use. And he seems resourceful and smart. Um, and if he's any kind of mechanic or maintenance guy, then he's going to know the types of things that they can use to try to stay alive. And so I just, I was really surprised that she ditched him, you know, when she did, I don't know if she just felt that, that, you know, that it was just time or whatever. Um, but I, I like that we got to learn a little bit about her, but I think that we learned not the not the right things because then she said when she was in the car with the Robinsons, uh, you know, she she you know she's like, oh, I always wanted a brother, yeah, you know, uh-huh. which you know tells you completely that she just completely made up that you know whole other story, and it's just I think it's going to be interesting. I really like Parker Posey. Uh, that plays mm-hmm. Dr. Smith. So I, I think that she's, you know, going to be uh, a fun character. She's, she's a good actress to have play this character to kind of show this unhinged, manipulative, manipulative type of person. So I like her. So we were definitely in sync on our number one. Like it. Yeah, I was kind of, when I first saw her in the spaceship, like, because we only got a little bit of her in episode one. And for some reason, I was like, that looks like Chelsea Handler. I don't know if you know who she is. She's like a, I do. a late night show like uh, a host. I love and Chelsea. 
I'm watching. I'm like, I didn't think she was that like it can't be because I didn't think she was that great of an actor. Like, I don't think Chelsea Handler like I think she's acted a little bit, but mm-hmm. I don't think she's like that quality. And about halfway, I had to stop and look. I'm like, oh, OK, no, this is somebody else. And in that research, I found I'm like, oh, crap, she's from Blade Trinity. She was one mm. of the vampires in that movie. Oh, okay, I didn't know she was in that one. Yeah, she was the main like bad female vampire in that that flick. So that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah. Jumping back on Doctor Smith, um, like I feel like this is uh, the kind of person that like is is a great chess person. Like they're thinking so far ahead because you know for one the necklace and two when she found that photo book um, of the actual Doctor Smith. You know, she's flipping through it, and I think a lot of people in a lot of TV shows, that would be, you know, the albatross. That would be the thing that, you know, people would find and be like, <gasps> like, wait, this is Dr. Smith? You're not Dr. Smith. But yeah. she was super smart by using the, like, you know, she's kind of like a morale person. Like, she cares for people to get on the mechanic good side. But, like, when he told her, he's like, hey, you know, I'm not going to spend the time to bury this person because we got to get going, but feel free if you want to. And she buried that book underneath that person. So she was manipulating the whole scenario to be like, no, I, I care about people even in death, but she was actually trying to hide evidence of who the actual Dr. Smith was. Yeah, she she's smart and resourceful in her own way. Maybe not in a survival type of way, but well, not the outdoorsy type of survival that is needed on this new planet, but she is some sort of uh, resourceful to survive however she has. It'd be interesting to learn who she really is. I don't know when that'll come into play, but I like it. All right. Any notes? Uh, I've got a a handful. Um, All right. So one, uh, it it was a quick little thing, but it kind of uh, was intriguing. When John looks at Will's jacket and asks him about the tear and how he got it. Yes, it's in my notes too. Thank you. Um, I just don't know why that was important, but it seemed like they focused on it a little bit longer than just to be something passing. (sighs) Agreed. And I have that in my notes as well. How did Will rip his jacket? And and then I said, was it the robot? Was it when the kind of towards the end of the first episode when Will climbed up in the tree and he remember how he was kind of scooting along the limb, uh, mm-hmm. like on his button with his hands and he doesn't see the robot yet. But all of a sudden the robot kind of comes to life and, and swivels. Did it hit Will? Did it? Is that when it happened or was it somehow in that interaction with the robot before the robot kind of calmed down a little bit, like whenever it was more on the uh, defensive side, whenever it came across Will, that maybe it slashed his jacket? That's the only thing I could think of that when Will, because like you said, you could kind of tell Will was kind of lying, like, oh, it happened when I fell, you know, that he was fibbing about that. And I thought, I bet it had. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm willing to bet he's kind of lying about it because it had something to do with the robot. And he knows his dad is distrustful of the robot. And he doesn't want to be like, oh, well, yeah, the robot slashed at me, dad. Yeah. You know, if he the hears that. The robot freaked out and scratched me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he had a panic moment and did that. So that was in my notes, too. And that's uh, made me think of it was the robot. I had, uh, so they have a 3D printer on the, the uh, Jupiter. Yeah. And they 3D printed a, a cast, which was really, really awesome. Super cool. And I think I have one more. Oh, uh, the whole thing with the the baseball. So I'm a big baseball fan, you know, love baseball. And that's something I used to do with my dad is play catch. And, you know, you see the moment between the dad and the son where he tosses the ball. Like, you know, hey, it's been a long time since we've played catch. 
and snuck it into his bag as they get out. And, you know, my thought is like at some point while they're out there, like the dad was wanting to play catch with Will. And instead what he sees is he sees his son play catch with this robot. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you could tell that really like hurt John. Like I don't think he's like, oh, that's cute. My kid's playing catch. I think he's like, oh, like that that should be me out there, not a robot. Yeah. Um, I – I just thought of this, like you get super, super like metaphorical with that is like we're in a world now where parents don't parent as much as technology does. Mm-hmm. So like in this aspect, like the kid is playing with technology instead of his father because his father's too busy doing something else. Um, but I thought that was still kind of a touching moment. Could have been an even more touching moment, but you know, I hope they kind of tie back to that and you have that like field of dreams moment, you know, where John's walking off to the cornfield. <laughs> Will's like, do you want to play catch? Yeah, I thought that too. I thought the same. I think there was probably a couple things that, you know, as much fun as what Will seemed to be having playing catch with the robot. I think he kind of wished it was his dad yeah, playing catch with him instead because he hadn't, you know, yes, they've been stuck on this spaceship for however long uh, on this mission uh, to recolonize. But before that, his dad was gone a really long time. Yeah. It sounded like his dad had been off deployed for a couple of years and he hadn't been home very often to see the family, especially since, you know, there was tension between the parents that maybe he, you know, wasn't coming home as often to see the kids. Cause she seemed to imply to Penny like, well, you know, I wouldn't count on him coming around, yeah. you know, for Christmas or whatever. So sound like he really missed his dad and that he, you know, as much as what he was enjoying his time with the robot, he probably wished, it was his dad as well. You know, there's no substitute. So awesome. Any, or, was, uh, any other notes? That was my last one. Uh, did you cool. have any notes? Uh, we covered a couple already because we, we are always of like minds. So you covered a couple. Uh, you mentioned the 3D printer. So I was wondering, you know, John was trying to print that gun and it wouldn't allow him. So do you think that gun was for mm. protection, you think, for because of the robot? Was he wanting some sort of weapon? Do they not have any other type? Do they not have weapons? Why would he want to print a gun? That's, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're on this weird, this weird planet. Um, you're in these woods where there's vegetation and things eat vegetation and things eat things that eat vegetation. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, you would think that going on this journey into space, you'd have some type of weapon. Um, especially him since he's, he's trained, he's a trained, uh, Marine that he'd have access to that. Exactly. It just made me curious when you're on some sort of colonization mission and you're going to be going to all of these undiscovered worlds and you're going to be encountering life forms, whether it's some type of animal that might try to eat you or some sort of hostile type alien or something. Why wouldn't you have some type of armory or something in your ship with some type of weapons? You know, it may not be enough for an army or something of people, but you would think that each person that is assigned to that ship would have some type of weapon and something to protect yourself. You don't know what you're going to be stumbling across when you get there. I don't know if it's something that, you know, like a, that they can hover over that world uh, and and scan it for life forms. Like, Oh, are there dinosaurs down there? That's going to eat us and we shouldn't land here. We're going to move on. Or or they, do they have that capability to scan it before they land? I guess maybe they didn't uh, take into account that, well, maybe all won't go well and we're somehow going to crash land onto an unknown type of planet (laughs) before we have any opportunity to send down like a scouting crew or something like that. Maybe they're all the, uh, uh, the guns were on that resolute because it seemed like that they were all supposed to be on the resolute. They weren't supposed to just break apart like that. I don't guess. I don't know that I know the full scope of that mission or understand it, but I'm just curious, well, why don't you already have some type of weapon? Um, you know, you would think that being on going out into this unknown world, not, 
knowing what you're going to encounter, you would have some type of something to defend yourself, you know, not to start a war with, with anyone or any unknown species, but just to protect yourself. Cause you don't know what you're getting into, but I don't know. I thought that was interesting. And then, um, I just thought the technology was really cool. You mentioned that super cool, like, uh, 3d map, uh, that, that was in the, the alien spaceship, how it was cool, how she could like navigate and look at the different planets and try and, you know, kind of get an idea of where they were. I thought that was really cool because I'm, I'm all about technology. So I thought that was really cool. Um, but that's all of my notes. Nice. Good notes. Good notes. Good episode. I think it, it kind of gives us some good setup for the next few episodes. And we've, when, you know, we got a little bit more introduction into some characters. So good stuff. Sure. And now a word from our second sponsor. All right, Rima. So, you know, you go to the store and you need like a belt, right? Like everybody needs a belt. Like I honestly don't trust somebody who doesn't wear a belt. <laughs> and like think about it. like you see somebody not wearing a belt. You're like, yeah, it, mm, something's, something's not right. It's like people with mustaches now. It's like, that, what, why do you have a mustache? Like it's, it's 2018. You know, you go to the store, you buy a belt, it's like 20 bucks or whatever, and like it, it's okay, it lasts, uh, the leather's not really high quality, um, if one of the, the loops go out, the whole thing goes to crap. Mm-hmm. Well, Rima, we have Laux Leatherworks, which is handcrafted leather things, like you can get belts, you can get wallets, you can get all kinds of awesome things, and for our listeners, you can get $5 off anything you buy by using the promo code STRANGE2018. And to do that, you just have to go to etsy.com slash Leatherworks. It's L-O-U-C-K-S-L-E-A-T-H-E-R-W-O-R-K-S. Uh, we'll have the information in the show notes as well, but it's on Etsy. It's Laux Leatherworks. And like I said, you get $5 off anything you buy if you use STRANGE2018. And if you look at the website, if there's something on there that you don't want, but you're like, hey – I want a cool dog leash. Go ahead and email your custom orders to dlaux at lauxleather.com and see what you can get set up there. But again, $5 off anything you buy by using the promo code STRANGE2018. Nice deal. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, Dave. Pretty cool. Okay, that leads us into news for this week. So the first item that we have is from Variety. So Lost in Space, one of Netflix's newest high-profile original series, drew 6.3 million U.S. viewers within the first three days of its release earlier this month, according to Nielsen. In addition, the first 72 hours of release, which was April 13th to the 15th of all 10 episodes, Lost in Space viewers on average watched 2.6 episodes per Nielsen. The media measurement firm found the series was heavily binged with almost 1.2 million people having watched the series episodes within those three days. By comparison, the Stranger Things season two premiere episode averaged 15.8 million viewers uh, from October 2017 to 20 uh, to the 29th. So, you know, that shows it's, 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 up there with just about Stranger Things. We know how popular Stranger Things is. It's hard to top that or even get yeah. close to that. So that's pretty cool um, that they got that close. So uh, famously, Netflix doesn't release viewing metrics, holding such data close to its vest, leaving third parties like Nielsen to try to estimate the demand. 
Netflix has pointed out that Nielsen um, estimate estimates cover only the U.S. and only tracks viewership on connected TVs, excluding mobile devices and computers. Uh, the Nielsen SVOD content ratings launched last fall extrapolate viewership using audio recognition technology that listens to what viewers are watching on TV. So oh, good geez, news. That's, that's Black Mirror-ish. Yeah, isn't it, though? Alexa, Ugh. tell us what Sean's watching on Netflix. Oh, I tell you what, Alexa, she's going to do it all. Uh, <laughs> have you been dropped in on yet on Alexa? Uh, we don't have any of those in the house. We don't have an oh, okay. Alexa or an Apple Talk. or um, I figure through my Mac and my iPhone, they probably have all the images of me they, they have, need. They have all the data they need from yeah, me just exactly. based on that, of course. Yeah, well, I have an Alexa and so does my kid and I like to drop in on her. Um, if anyone has ever done that, it is the most hilarious thing. Cause I did that while she was playing video game like a week ago. And uh, I was like, Hey, what are you doing? And I think she bought Peter pants because <laughs> I didn't tell her I was going to do it. <laughs> <And> she, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, get you one of those. So, yep, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Good for Lost in Space. Sounds like a cool hit from Netflix, which leads us into our next item. Sean, you want to take that one? Yeah, so our next article comes from denofgeek.com. So, Lost in Space Season 2 has officially been confirmed by Netflix. Woohoo! Lost in Space Season 1's promising cliffhanger conclusion indicates that the producers are confident there will be a Lost in Space Season 2. Series co-creator Burke Sharpless and Matt Sazma that they are working on season two and have some wild ideas. Uh, we were working on scripts and hoping that if we get a green light, we're ready to go. We've had lots of thoughts about it, and hopefully if everyone watches it, we'll get to see more adventures of the Robinsons, because we do have some crazy stuff planned out that we really hope we can film. Awesome. So it looks like we are also going to have a season two uh, of the podcast for Lost yes, in the Space. Nice. So. I, I mean, unless... I mean, unless it goes like to the crapper, I mean, episode one and two are good to keep my attention. So absolutely uh, totally down for season two. Absolutely. I'm down for it too. So far I am, I am liking, I think they're, they're doing a really great job. So yeah, that was just announced, um, either today or yesterday. I can't remember, but yeah, super cool for that. I think, you know, as long as it continues to do well, we will probably also continue coverage, but stay tuned. So, okay, so that leads us into messages from the Resolute, which is our listener feedback portion of the podcast. Uh, our first uh, person, uh, our first item comes from Jennifer Hollander. She says, I watched Eps 1 and 2 the other night. So good. I love Parker Posey, but I do not like her character. <laughs> Looking forward to finishing the season. All right, so we have an email from Steve. So try to climb out without moving. No chicken left behind. Uh, <laughs> love the Oreos. Love that she has a lucky whiteboard. Oh, we didn't even mention the lucky whiteboard. I know. So much we left out. Uh, and we see the Smiths do something despicable. She knows the robot is dangerous but says nothing. Yep. Some, some interesting insight. Yeah, we didn't mention the Oreos either. I feel... Um, but unless you got a glass of milk to go with the Oreos, I'm not interested. Uh, I was got, an uh, uh, Oreo fan. Did you ever oh, have yeah. those? They're the vanilla cookies with the uh, chocolate in the middle. Okay, N I never. No, I thought it was wrong. You just got to oh. have the you got to have the regular Oreo. <laughs> I can't even do the double stuff. Um, but yeah, some good stuff that we we forgot to mention. There's a lot happened for sure that I'm sure that we overlooked. Feel free to to chime in, folks. Uh, the next couple emails that we have is from Darnell. So his first piece of feedback he leaves for episode two. 
He says, I hate to harp on protocols all the time, but by following orders, you stand a better chance of staying alive. I think Judy acted in a reckless matter by melting the ice around the Jupiter. It could have been crushed from falling ice as Marine warned Marine or Penny and Judy. Also taking the chariot there. That's a, that there's that name chariot, yeah. the chariot out to save mom and dad from a storm was premature after all the new guy don west was able to survive after being betrayed by dr smith he found shelter so could they seems to me that his is two sisters trying to one up the other in life or death situations i think it will be interesting to see how dr smith conceals her real identity in the original series dr smith was a manipulator but it was him how long can a phony dr smith hide her background there must be records somewhere identifying the doctor as a man also it seems she just made don west an enemy what's your thoughts oh that mechanic guy's don west i did not make that connection this is what happens when you don't watch the original (laughs) series or it's been however many years since you watched the movie Uh uh-huh okay that makes oh my goodness darnell you're my savior tonight for uh (laughs) bringing that insight i don't know you're right there has to be how long can a phony dr smith hide her background what do you think? Do you think there's like a manifesto of all of the crew people or all the people that were aboard the Resolute uh, with pictures and biographies? I mean, and uh, I don't know. Like uh, maybe if they get back and she's – I don't know if she still has the same jacket and they scan it. Um, it it's tough to tell. I mean somehow they're going to have to figure out this, that she's not the actual Dr. Smith, that something else has changed. Yep. I think um, it's going to come up eventually. I kind of wonder if it's going to come from the robot because maybe the reason the robot was on the ship in the first place has something to do with her because they yeah. kind of had that like uh, we know each other a little bit more intimately than you just killing everybody on the spaceship. So I don't know. I'm kind of curious about that. I think at this point anything is possible. Um Okay. Uh, so we got some feedback from episode one from Darnell. So it says, Hey, Reem and Sean, glad to have you guys talking about Lost in Space. Questions. Do you think John Robinson put his family in danger by his decision so far? Uh, mm. I mean, it seems like he's acting no. about the best he could. Um, I mean, you're kind of putting your family at risk by going into outer space and trying to chart uncharted territories. And that wasn't even his idea. It That's was true, it was yeah. the mom that was going to take the kids away, and he's like, uh, "No, you're not without me." <laughs> and he he's kind of along for the ride. So I think he's doing the best that he can, uh, given the impossible situation with them being lost. They're in unknown territory. They don't have this planet charted. They don't know anything about it. They weren't able to scout it beforehand. I think he's doing the best that he can. So I don't think he's Agreed. really putting them in danger. Uh, let's see. Number two. So John was in some sort of special ops. Do you think he should have known what properties magnesium had? Uh, Will had to give him the idea to use it to free Judy. Um, I mean, if he was a, a Marine and that really wasn't his specialty, I could see not knowing that. Yeah, I think that when when the mom woke up, because she was kind of passed out at the time, uh, she was like, oh, yeah, magnesium, okay, because she seems more of the science and he seems more of the brawn. Not that he's not smart because he he had to have known enough to be able to be on the mission as well to tag along with his family. Um, but, you know, I think that just shows Will is resourceful. And I don't know, it almost kind of seemed a little bit like maybe the dad was trying to give Will that confidence. Maybe he did mm. know and he's kind of like, it's okay, Will, you got this. You know, you tell me what to do. I don't know yeah. what to look for. You tell me. So maybe it was kind of John trying to lead him a little bit, give Will that confidence so he felt he belonged on that mission. That makes sense. Uh, number three, everyone had special training for life off Earth. Do you think Judy was putting the family in danger by not following John's directions? What do you think? 
I think if we're, if we're talking about when she just jumped in the water, is that what, when Judy was putting them, I I think that that was kind of putting the family in danger because then that they're acting on just trying to, to help her. And Judy is a good person to have around. She is pretty smart and resourceful by what, what she knows and her skills and her smarts. But, um, and then by losing her, that would certainly endanger the family. They're not going to be any better for not having her around. Agreed. Yeah. And I think in that moment, she's probably just putting more of herself in danger, but you're, you're spending resources to save her. And then, yeah, if something happens to her, they're one person down with a specialty that they no longer have. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, number four. Do you think Marine put the family in danger by changing Will's failed EVA tank training results? Will froze up during the first crisis. Hmm. I don't know if, if I'd say that, that she put them in danger. I think that that Will just lacks that confidence. I think he probably could have, have passed. I don't know how many options you get or how many chances you got to, to pass this test. It sounded like a, a one and done kind of thing. Like you t- take it once you fail, you're done. You don't get a, a retry or anything or a retake or anything. I don't know if it's, it's danger. If I was his mom, I would have done the exact same thing. No oh, way yeah. am I, because you want a better life for your kids. You want to get off this planet because our planet is completely just falling apart and failing uh, to to sustain human life, you don't want to stay there. You want to to be build a better life for your family. You're not going to leave. So you either stay on the planet that's falling apart and 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 suffering, and and then in turn you and your family suffer, or you try to go off into this adventure. And I think there is a risk in that, obviously. But uh, was she going to leave her kid behind? Nope. Well, I mean, are you going to find another 11-year-old that's as good as Will? I mean, um, <laughs> right. you, know, you know, if you're trying to, like, save and last, like, I probably wouldn't want, a, like, a kid to, to come along. I mean, he seems super smart, but still, I mean, I want my family with me, but, you know, my wife and my kid probably wouldn't make it very far on a planet by ourselves, so. Exactly. There's yep. no Netflix up here. <laughs> yeah, where's the Wi-Fi? That's what, I, <laughs> that's what I'm after. <laughs> Uh, number five, what does Penny bring to the table besides a phone? So Maureen is an aerospace engineer, John special ops, Judy has medical training, Will is a science geek, he has a 97 score for science on his training chart, Penny has what? Anybody know? Penny has a complex about not living up to to living up to Judy, that's what she yeah. has. <laughs> She's good at getting lists done and finding Oreos, so I mean that's a plus. She was resourceful and I think she's smart in her own way. I don't know that we have been fully exposed to what Penny brings to the table besides Agreed. her phone. So I think, I think more, to, more to tell on that. Yeah. I think you're going to see like a Penny episode at some point where mm-hmm. you kind of get her backstory a little bit. Yep. I agree. But awesome. uh, that's pretty much all we got from Darnell from episode one. Thanks so much, everyone, for your feedback. We, we've gotten some really great feedback. I'm glad you guys are enjoying the show. So please continue to write in and let us know uh, what you think. I, I love the insight. We've had some great feedback. And um, keep writing in. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, everybody. All right, so next week we'll be covering the third episode from Lost in Space titled Infestation. So flashbacks mm. reveal clues to Dr. Smith's past. The Robinson contend with a new threat as the ship's fuel supply starts dropping fast. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Infestation. Ugh, I hope it's nothing too creepy crawly. Oh, it's going to be like some like ice bugs. 
There we go. It's been pretty cool so far what we've seen from this planet. It's it's been interesting. We've got diamonds falling from the sky. Uh got some ice, you know, hoth looking stuff going on. We haven't really seen any uh wildlife yet though, have Not we? Yet. Yeah, no, so, nothing I've seen. Wonder if there's any in that valley. They've they're exploring a little bit more down in the valley. So I wonder if there's. Uh, I guess we're we're gonna find out. Except for that one glowing butterfly looking thing that kind of landed on Will when he was up in that tree that first episode. We haven't really seen a whole lot. So. Awesome. Okay. Well, we are really excited for you to join us on Jupiter 2 while traveling space. You can follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at Strange underscore Indeed underscore pod. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like Legion at Podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. Yeah, watch Legion, people. Watch Legion and then go listen to mine and Jason's podcast, Legion Cast on Podcastica, because it is freaking mind-blowing. Um, it, it's amazing. And while you're checking out Legion Cast, uh, make sure to check out Sean in his other podcast, The Language of Bromance. It comes out every Sunday when you need a great laugh. Those fellas are going to do it for you. <laughs> uh, every single Sunday, there's a brand spanking new episode. We are coming up close to our fourth year anniversary, so we'll be oh, hitting that pretty soon. That's amazing. Yeah, four straight years of uh, four, uh, for four straight years, a epi- new episode every single Sunday. I don't know how you guys do it. Uh, brand new episodes every week. That's amazing. You guys are great. I love it. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm excited. You're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do something. We need uh, some champagne. Oh yeah, pop the champagne and get the bubbly. Absolutely. Do you guys have special plans for your 400th? Are you gonna do? Do you know what? The, like, are you keeping it a secret? I think. Is it, is I it think- a mystery? We'll go pretty light on year four. I think year five is when we'll go balls of the wall. So I'm nice. excited for that one. Awesome. Can't wait. All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 37, Diamonds in the Sky. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Jennifer Hollander is strange indeed. Don't worry. He's not dangerous. <laughs>